the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. So as I read through this, if there's anything in here you don't like. Now last night, people got up and walked out of church. Because if you say anything to someone that they disagree with, they're going to get up and walk out. That's their protest, right? And that's fine. That's fine. But I want you to hear me out. These are not my words. And these really aren't even the words of Paul. They come from the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now just remember that, okay? I'm trying to help you out. Verse 3, it is God's will. Everybody say God's will. So, so get this. It's God's will that you should be sanctified. You say, what in the world is that? That you should avoid. And the word avoid, we've done a lot of research on that, and that word means avoid. Avoid. sexual immorality then he says in verse 4 that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know god again he expects the heathen to act a certain way but this is written to the church and he says to those in the church do not act like the heathen who do not know god in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. In other words, don't lead anybody astray. The Lord will punish men for all such sins as we've already told you and warned you. And here it is in verse 7. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Now, there are those five verses, there's five sermons. But for today's purposes, the context Remember that this is the Greco-Roman era. Thessalonica was a port city. It was on the Via Ignatia Way. It was a metropolitan city. It was a wealthy city. And Paul was writing from Corinth and from Athens in southern Greece. Things were so worldly there in Corinth, they actually had a temple where people would go to worship and it had a thousand prostitutes in it. So Paul is writing this during a time where sexual promiscuity was prevalent and common in this part of the world. 
kind of like our culture is today. I would argue that not much has changed since 1 Thessalonians was written 2,000 years ago. Los Angeles is basically a port city. We're a wealthy city. We are a metropolitan city, and sexual immorality is prevalent and common today. It's probably one of the biggest battles that we face today in a culture where marriage vows no longer matter, where pornography is at our fingertips, and where the Bible is no longer revered or respected. But Paul says to those Thessalonians, and he says to us, to saved people, to the, to the church people, those who are living under the umbrella of grace, keep living to please God and do that more and more. And if I had one area, just one area to discuss in pleasing God, it would be in the matters of sexual immorality. Be pure, be sanctified, be holy. Now, in your notes, there's a, there's a box. You see that box in your notes? And there's two words. One word says justified. And one word is sanctified. Now, justified, if you look at Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. That's That's salvation. That's when you're justified. That's where uh, when you get saved and you put your faith in Jesus, it's just, just as if you'd never ever committed a sin. You're justified. But in our text, it doesn't say justified. In this text, it's talking about being sanctified. It's God's will that you should be sanctified. Now, here's what I want you to know. Paul the Apostle, he wrote both verses. He wrote them both. Paul says that every person needs to be justified and every person needs to be sanctified. What's the difference? Well, there is a difference. You can write this down. To be justified means that you've been pardoned from your sin. God no longer holds your sins against you. Not your past sins, not your current sins, or your future sins. You've been pardoned. So that one day when you stand before God to give an account for all of your sins, Jesus, your judge, will be by your side. And he will say, Father, I died for their sins, and therefore he's been pardoned. She's been pardoned. That's what it means to be justified. Now, to be sanctified means that it's, you're, you're still being purified. Because even though... Even though you're saved and you've been pardoned, you're still wrestling with your sins in your life because you're, you're of the flesh. And so one is a, something that's happened to you, but one is something that you're constantly involved with. Secondly, write this down. Uh, to be justified means that you've been declared righteous. Jesus says you are made righteous not by your works and your deeds but by what i did upon the cross for you you you've been declared you said well i'm really not righteous yes you are god uh, god has declared you righteous if you put your faith in jesus however 
being a disciple means that you're constantly trying to grow in righteousness. Some of you got saved and you were involved in things you didn't even know they were wrong. And you kept doing the wrong things even though you're saved. Then you started coming to church, you started reading your Bible, hmm, I better stop that. And there's this constant process where the Lord is trying to knock off everything in your life that doesn't look like Jesus. Number three, write this down. To be justified is a one-time act. It's what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. He goes to the cross to die for your sins and mine. It's a one-time act. But to be sanctified is a constant, continual, continuous process in your life. Amen? I want to say this to you again. You've got to understand the difference. Doing good works, living a pure life, avoiding sexual immorality doesn't save you. It doesn't justify you. It doesn't make you right with God. You're saved. You're justified the moment you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. However, once you're saved, once you've been justified, there's still another process that needs to take place. Your sanctification Being justified doesn't give you a license to sin. Being justified means that you have so much love and respect and gratitude for what Christ did for you on the cross, it just leads you naturally to want to please Him, to want to live a holy and a pure life. I want to give you four things quickly. Number one, write this down. These are quick. i got to go quick. Number one, I just want you to know, sex is good. It's good. It's good. God was the one who created it. Some people think sex is bad. No, sex is not bad. Sex is good. But just so you know, you weren't the one that thought it up. God, when he created Adam and he created Eve, he was the one that created us male and female. And he thought, you know what? I'm going to put those people down there on that earth and I'm going to put something in them that's going to help them multiply. And Man, they're going to have a good time. And they're going to really thank me when they figure this whole thing out. <laughs> and so he created us. God, God was the one who thought it up. He dreamed it up, dreamt it up, and created us for this thing. Okay? So it's good. Number two, write this down. It's to be shared. God has, God has guidelines and rules for everything. And even though it's good, and even though he created it, His guideline is that it should only be done in a union of marriage between a man and a woman. That was his plan. (laughs) Sex is like a powerful river. It is a beautiful thing when it's kept within the boundaries of marriage. Marriage between a man and a woman. It's actually a destructive thing whenever it takes place outside of marriage. Like a river that goes over its banks. It's not good. Now number three, write this down. Sexual purity is essential if you want to walk in holiness. He says in verse three, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. 
that you should avoid sexual immorality. Now, people walked out when I said this last night. Just remember, these are not my words. These are His words. This comes underneath His authority. Now, you can walk out of here and be mad at God, but you can't walk out of here and be mad at me. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. This phrase, sexual immorality, you've got to get this. It's a word, if you study it, it's a broad word that means any, t- any type of sexual activity that is outside the boundaries of a union between a man and a woman, a marriage. Anything that is outside of that, you need to avoid. That would include adultery. That would include pornography. It would include homosexuality. It would include prostitution. It would include pedophilia. It would include any type of fornication. Anything that is outside the boundaries or the the guidelines of a husband and a wife being united to one another in marriage, you need to avoid that at all possible cost. Doesn't mean you're not going to have temptations. It just means to say you need to avoid that, run from it, flee from it. Verse 7 says, For God did not call you to be impure, but God called you to live a holy, holy life. You say, Pastor, I don't, I, don't think I, can, I, don't, I don't think I can live a pure life. I would agree you can't on your own. The fourth point, write this down. Victory is only attainable via the Holy Spirit of God because of the flesh and culture that drags all of us into a world of sexual immorality of some form the only thing that will ever give you victory in the flesh is when you lean in and trust fully upon the leading of God's spirit within you look at verse 8 therefore he who rejects this instruction does not reject man but God who gives you his what see I I don't really care what the Supreme Court says to be honest with you I don't care what Hollywood says is okay I don't care what every politician says is okay I don't care what the next door neighbor says is okay or what culture deems as okay. The only thing that matters is what, what does God and God's Word say. And God's Word says that we need to avoid any form of sexual immorality. Ephesians 5.3 says there shouldn't even be a hint of sexual immorality in a believer. Now there are three groups of people here. I can put every one of you in one of three camps. Camp number one are those of you who are walking down the right path and you're living a pure life and you're not engaged in any kind of sexual uh, immorality of any kind. And if you're living on that path, I say, God bless you. Keep living a life to please God and keep doing that more and more. Keep doing that. That's camp number one. Camp number two are people who are here right now within the sound of my voice you are at a crossroads and you are thinking this very moment of engaging in some type of sexual immorality. And you know you probably shouldn't. You know that you should live a life of purity and you're in this tug of war. The flesh is strong. And I would say to you, trust in the leading of the Holy Spirit 
And if you're contemplating walking down this road, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Turn and get on that path of holiness, that path of righteousness. That's, that's camp number two. Camp number three. And you're in one of these three camps are people who've already blown it. You've already messed up and you've done it a thousand times. And now you hear a sermon like this and man, I'm the Holy Spirit in the, it just starts to bother you and it's called a conscience. And I say to you, as 1 John 1, 9 says, if that's you, you need to come to Jesus and if you confess your sins to him, not to the preacher, confess your sins to the Lord, he is faithful and just and will forgive you of all your sins and all of your unrighteousness. He will forgive you. He will allow you to start over and begin a brand new life. And I don't care how many times you've done something wrong, how bad it is, how severe it is. If you'll come to Jesus, he'll wash all your past away. He'll forgive you of every sin you've ever committed. He'll place his Holy Spirit within you this very moment. And he'll put you on this path. And you're a new creature. It's a new start, a new beginning. I know a lot of us have a bad past, but from this day forward, you can make a commitment that you're going to live a life of holiness, a life of righteousness, a life of pleasing God, and doing that more and more and more. You can do that today. My last point, write this down. He, in this context, everybody say context. He tells us that we've got to learn how to love all people. And to do that more and more. He says, now about brotherly love, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to do what? To love each other. And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you, brothers, to do so more and more. I want you to write this down. Question not our highest priority, which is to love God and to love one another. And if you think about this logically, every single person in this room, either you are currently involved in some type of sexual immorality and you're not living to please a life that pleases God or you know of someone someone you're related to one of your best friends one of your co-workers and what's our job I'm talking to the church now what's our job as a church These instructions do not come from me. They do not come from Paul. They come from God himself. Avoid sexual immorality. Be sanctified. But in that context, he says, but don't stop loving each other. And so, how are we ever going to make a difference in people's lives that are caught up in a life of sexual immorality what what is the answer there to preach at them yell at them 
argue with them? The answer, you don't condone, never condone sin, but you continue to love people. You say, well, how how are we going to reach them? Write this down, next slide. Quiet lives will lead to the respect of outsiders and will open up doors. Some of you out here are some of the most, you're rascals. Some of you are a million miles away from where you should be, but I want you to know it does not affect how much I love you and how much I care about you and how much I want you to learn to do right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to not tell you what's in the Bible because I want to keep your friendship. I'm going to tell you what's in the Bible. But it says in verse 11, these are the last two verses we're going to look at today. He says, make it your ambition. Some of you have these, you're just like a driven, ambitious person, which is good. This, this is called a paradox. If you don't know what a paradox is, this is a paradox. He says, make it your ambition to do what? To lead a quiet life. To mind your own business. You know what social media is really about? Social media is about minding everybody's business. And Paul says, no, here's how we're going to change this world. Not by you getting involved in everybody's business. You just take care of your own business. And go to work, he says, every day. And show up to work on time. Be the first one there, the last to leave. And whatever job you have, you do it to the best of your ability. Mind your own business. Live a quiet life. Remember, remember that the Thessalonians were hated as Christians. The world didn't like them. The world persecuted them. The world mocked them. The world made fun of them. Hey, just like today here in L.A., I'm a Christian. The world mocks me. The world makes fun of me. The world thinks I'm the one that's wrong and they're the one that's right. What is my job? Not to yell, fight back. My job is just to do my job and to live a quiet life, do it to the best of my ability. And when I do that, I start to build bridges with people that typically don't like Christians. But they go, you know, there's something different about you. Well, why, 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 why do you work harder than everybody else around here? Why are you always the first one here and the last one to leave? And why do you love all people? I, I, th- I thought Christians, I thought, I thought you Christians only liked a few people. Oh, no, man, we love everybody. But in doing so, that's what enables you to build bridges and open up doors of opportunity to share the gospel. Amen. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash 
and then the word REACH. Hello, friends. My name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. I'm Dudley Rutherford, Senior Pastor of Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, and I'd like to invite you to our services on Easter weekend. Maybe it's been years since you've been to a church, or maybe you've never been at all. Well, this Easter would be the perfect time to experience a community of people who believe in what God can do in your life. Join us at one of our three locations, Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, Aqua Dulce, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.